Brainwash. Retrain your brain in 21 days and stop sabotaging yourself by Kristen Trumpy. Read to you by me, the author. Forward. In 2004, I was interrailing with my best friend through the United Kingdom. I had been feeling numb for a while, as if my body and emotions had stopped communicating with my brain. Things I would normally enjoy created no bodily response. Appreciation or enjoyment were absent. Then one day, I broke down weeping and couldn't stop. My friend tried to comfort me, but she couldn't do much. Depression is this big black hole that makes you feel certain about three things. 1. Life will always alternate between numbness, despair and pain. 2. You will never get anything you want. 3. You will remain as powerless about it in the future as you feel now. After all, some of the people I loved the most in the world were smart and had a good heart and yet couldn't quite seem to find their place in the world. Remaining stifled forever was programmed into my genes for sure. If you have never experienced depression, you will have a hard time picturing how all-consuming utter hopelessness feels. That day kicked off an intense phase of reflection and renewal. In the course of about 18 months, I completely transformed how I responded to what was happening in my mind and around me. What has changed is that no matter what happens, I am no longer consumed by complete hopelessness and self-loathing. And even though I might feel gloomy for some time, now that I am older, I know that this passes too, and I can return to a sense of hope and optimism, often within hours. Yet as I got better, people around me kept telling me about their depression, anxiety and fears. Most of them had read a book or two, sought treatment, taken medication, yet relapsed eventually. Symptoms were treated instead of getting to the root of these issues and seeking long-term transformation. I did my best to tell them that it's about our thinking patterns and how they shape our view of ourselves and the world. Even though my friends often understood the theory, most failed the implementation. Every time this happened, I thought, I wish I could give them something that reminds them every day, something that they can go back to again and again until they succeed in establishing new and more constructive thinking patterns. This thought didn't leave me in peace for years, and it's the reason this audiobook exists. Let me make a confession right now. I cannot state with 100% certainty that you need 21 days to have your eureka moment. You might need 40 days or 10. But what I do know, not only from my own experience, but from what my dear listeners who follow the Positive Psychology podcast have told me is this. Listening and following the instructions has the potential to make you feel lighter and could change everything from how you shape your morning routine to how you view your place in the world. Neither of us can know for sure what will happen, but if you approach this journey with an open mind and are eager to practice, something good will come out of it. I wish that this brainwash will leave your mind clean and excited with inspiration, new possibilities and the quiet confidence that you have the basic tools to take on whatever comes next. Write in 
at kristen at strengthsphoenix.com to let me know how it goes for you. Lots of love, Kristen. P.S. If the word brainwash reminds you of gurus or dictators, rest assured, I have drawn up an extensive weighted decision matrix. The numbers indicated that neither a guru nor a benevolent dictatorship are half as awesome as my real goal of being a globe-trotting, freedom and hug-loving, positive psychology hippie minus the body order and excessive hair. Introduction The book is broken down into 21 days. You'll get the most out of this book if you progress through it one day at a time. Please make sure that you do this on 21 consecutive days. If you miss a day or two, it's not a big deal, but you will be most successful if you build a daily habit. Every seven days, we will recap what we talked about so far. The recaps are an opportunity for you to be proud of all the material you have already covered, but also revisit your favorite bits as well as the things that you still have questions about. Taking notes that you can refer to back later will deepen your learning experience. Whenever possible, stop the audiobook and do the exercise immediately. That way, you can relax and don't have to worry about it later. Each day is broken into the following parts. A skill to learn, explanations, why we are engaging with this skill, a hurdle to overcome, and this can relate to the daily skill or cover issues which might come up as a result of doing this program, an antidote or motivational piece to overcome the hurdle, a previous day recap, and each day will conclude with a short summary of what we talked about. Let's take a closer look at these sections. Skill to learn. Books and podcasts teach us a lot of different tricks and tools. The idea behind Brainwash is that slow and steady wins the race. We will focus on only one skill each day. Make sure that you really get to the bottom of it. It is very likely that these skills might be difficult at the beginning if you're not used to examining your own thinking processes. Take heart. This is very common. If you stick with the program for the full three weeks, you'll most definitely get better at understanding your thinking processes and coming up with better alternatives where it's necessary. Reasons. Some people, me included, need to always know why they're doing something before they can truly get started. That's why I will give you the rationale behind learning each skill. I keep this as short as possible, just enough to get you going. I will address the hurdles which I know from research and my own experience which can challenge successful implementation of brainwash. If you don't face the hurdles discussed, you can take a moment to be grateful for that and relax. If you face the hurdle, rest assured that obstacles are a natural result of the work we're doing. They don't come up because you're flawed or otherwise to blame. They come up because established brain pathways need to be disrupted to be rebuilt. When you get impatient with yourself, remember that actual biological processes need to take place in lots of your brain cells and that this takes time. Previous day. 
Towards the end of the session, I will ask you to think back on the previous day. The reason is that most people, especially those who don't meditate, struggle with remembering the skills we talk about. By asking you every day about your experience from the previous day, we create an expectation inside of you. Your brain will learn to flag the situations that are relevant to the successful implementation of brainwash. Summary. I am confident that you know what a summary is and why it's useful. One more thing. If you miss your brainwash session, that is okay. But please, under all circumstances, write down why you missed it. This will either force you to follow through or at least create a catalogue of excuses that you can send me by email. I will address them on the podcast to give you extra tricks to get around them. Before we get going, here are seven beliefs that will help you progress through brainwash more smoothly. Healthy thinking patterns can be learned and unhealthy patterns can be weakened with practice and training. Put simply, you can train your brain like you train muscles in your body. Self-compassion over self-criticism. Chances are you criticize yourself already enough. When it comes to this program, try to remind yourself that you are doing the best you can and that slow progress is not necessarily a bad thing. Whatever you can't do today might be possible tomorrow. Have the courage to try again tomorrow. Confusion is a natural part of any learning process. The less you expect yourself to be able to record everything in here, like some electronic device, the more relaxed you will be. And relaxation is an excellent environment to clear up confusion. Become attuned to tiny progress. The more attention you pay to small successes, the more rewarding the journey will be, as you will not mistake little progress with stagnation. Negativity is not something that you shouldn't feel. People often chastise themselves for feeling negative emotions. Emotions are a feedback mechanism. They're nothing to feel guilty about. Your brain patterns are decades old. Don't give up on them after a few days. Okay, so let's get cracking. Day one. The skill of the day is to catch the explanation by rewinding. Psychologists have shown that our feelings and moods are not determined directly by what happens to us, but by how we explain those things to ourselves. For example, if a smelly dude walks past you, the natural response is to recoil. Yet what happens next depends on what story you tell yourself. Is he a disgusting person who willfully neglects to shower? In that case, you're likely to feel grossed out and annoyed. But if you hear that he has just saved a toddler he didn't know from a gang of starved skunks, you'll think he's a hero, albeit a very unfortunate one. The input, smelly dude passing by, hasn't changed at all. But your emotions change depending on the explanation. The stories and explanations we tell ourselves happen so fast, we're not even aware of them. So today we will catch these explanations by rewinding. 
Think of a concrete situation that happened today. Maybe your boss asked you for an impromptu meeting and you felt nervous. Something at work went wrong and you really struggled to not share your distinguished selection of swear words with the whole office. Or somebody was late and you felt agitated. Or the muscled Adonis at the gym looked at you and smiled. Have a situation in mind? Good. Next, think about the predominant emotion you feel. Anxiousness, agitation, or a rush of excitement that you thought was only reserved for teenagers. If your emotion was anger, chances are that your explanation sounds something like this. She's always late and never respects anybody's time. In other words, you perceive an injustice of some kind. Of course people are so freaking incompetent, nobody takes the time to properly train their employees anymore. You cannot accept what is happening or you feel self-righteous. If your emotion is anxiousness, chances are that what is happening inside of your head sounds something like this. He always schedules meetings. I must have done something terribly wrong. You assume the worst before having all the facts. Who doesn't help their kids with their homework? If I don't get this done, I'm a terrible mum. You create incredibly high expectations and then race the whole day to satisfy them. Remember, the skill for today is to learn to reflect back on a situation and rewind it in your mind until you uncover the explanation that caused the strongest reaction. That's it. If you're not entirely sure what the explanation was, write out two or three possibilities based on the emotion you experienced. Explanation. It all starts with awareness. It's hard to change anything if your brain cells are firing away in overdrive. By rewinding and finding the explanation, we train ourselves to notice an integral part of our thinking process. Once we can easily identify automatic explanations, we're more likely to catch them in the moment and can progress to change them. Hurdle of the day. One of the key challenges people face when changing their habits is to remember the skill they are supposed to practice. I have three possible fixes for this. Tie listening to this audiobook to existing habits. If you commute, listen during your commute. Reflect back on your day brainwash style. While you're brushing your teeth, for example. Program recurring reminders into your phone right now. One, for listening to this audiobook at the time of day you're most likely to have a moment. And one, to think about your day. If you're more old school, Put some post-it sticky notes on your computer, the fridge, and other places you frequently pass by. The first habit tip is to create a chain. Put a check mark on your calendar and aim for a straight line of 21 check marks. You can download a smartphone app by searching for habit chain or download one called way of life. It's oddly satisfying to see big progress bars getting longer and longer. Summary. 
The skill of the day is to catch the explanation in your head that your reactions are based on. The challenge of the day is remembering to listen and do the exercises. Try tying this to existing habits. Program phone reminders or use sticky notes. The habit tip was to create a chain so you feel a sense of accomplishment every day. Tomorrow we will look at a classic happiness skill that everybody knows about, but few people actually practice daily. Day two. The skill is called three good things. Chances are you have already heard of this exercise called three good things. Unless you are already doing this regularly, it doesn't matter how often you have heard about it. We're going to establish it as a habit today for the remainder of the next twenty days. Every night, right before you switch off the light, you will write down three good things about your day. Don't be fooled. Just because something sounds simple doesn't mean it will not work. This exercise can get incredibly boring if we allow ourselves to just write down the same thing every night. Most people would include family, health, and having a job. Specificity keeps it interesting, so you could write something down like this: "I am grateful my doctor said I'm in excellent shape. I am grateful that I could work without any interruptions for three whole hours. I'm grateful that Scott cleaned up after himself without being told." Note that we are still grateful about the same things, namely family, health, and our job. But by making it specific, we ensure the exercise doesn't get boring and we relive specific memories. The purpose of this exercise is to train giving attention to the positive. Our ancestors survived long enough to get busy procreating because they were keenly aware of threats. Although many of these threats are very unlikely in modern cities, our brains are still scanning the environment for them. It is very likely there were a few situations where fear has saved you. So before we move on, let's acknowledge for a moment that fear serves a function, and it has doubtlessly protected us from harm. We're not trying to overwrite our fear system here. What we are doing is to strengthen positive brain patterns, so we can become more effortlessly aware of the good things happening in our lives. Nobody is able to process the millions of inputs we get from our environment. By doing the three good things exercise, we are telling our brain, "Hey, I care about positivity, joy, and fun, and I want you to make sure that I am aware of these good things whenever they happen." Hurdle of the day: coming up with three examples. Some of you might have trouble coming up with three good things. Don't worry if that's you. En contraire, think about the amazing progress you can make in the coming weeks. Antidote: write down one or two good things. If you can't come up with anything, say to yourself, "Right now, I can't think of anything, but I'm curious to see when this exercise starts getting easier." You could also think about things that could have sucked more than they actually did. Technically, that's a reason for gratitude too.
It might not sound like much, but if we are caught in extreme pessimism and negativity, thinking of something which doesn't suck as much as it could have is a victory. Flashback. So yesterday you were rewinding situations to catch underlying explanations. How did it go? Congrats if you managed to catch a handful of them. You've taken the first step to become more aware of what is going on in your skull-sized kingdom. If you didn't manage, pause this audiobook to answer the following questions: What happened yesterday that changed your emotions? Did you see a news report? Have a particularly fun interaction, or get jealous of someone? Rewind and think of the explanation that created this emotion. Habit tip: Today we will discuss the strategy of pairing. It's easier to keep a habit if we just add it on to something that we already do. Pick something you do every day, like brushing your teeth, eating lunch, or commuting. Then, just do your brainwash right after that. For example, what triggers me to write in my grid journal app is when I have gone to bed and I'm ready to turn off the lights. Summary: Today we talked about the three good things exercise. If you have unsuccessfully tried to have a gratitude journal three times already, you can instead write an alternative journal. Three cute things, three funny things. Or three things that made me scratch my head in a good way. We talked about how specificity helps keep the exercise interesting. So writing down specific events is better than abstract things. We also covered that it might be difficult to come up with three good things, and in those cases, we can create a not so shitty list. Finally, we looked at how using an existing habit like. Tucking yourself in could trigger this new habit of three good things. Day three, skill, catch always and never. We make generalizations in our mind without thinking about the impact that they have. When your partner gets home and is grumpy, we say to ourselves, "He's always grumpy in the evenings," or "She never washes the dishes." Generalizations are shortcuts that our mind developed to free up space. Instead of remembering everything, we form rules of thumb, which work like grammar. Sure, you can learn every sentence by heart to have a conversation, but it's so much easier to rely on rules that guide us instead. Our brain evolved to be helpful to make sure that we don't store a lot of things we don't really need. However, when it comes to our emotional well-being, there is a trap. Sometimes, without noticing, we start attaching the word "never" to things which are desirable. Not getting the grades we want often suddenly becomes "I never get good grades" or "They never give me credit for the work I do." Similarly, we attach the label "always" to things that suck. I always miss the train. He's always being moody, or I always forget important stuff. Let's do an experiment right now. Set a timer for five minutes and write down every annoying, bad, and horrible thing you can think of, such as, "I will always be broke. She will never love me. 
Politicians are always corrupt and greedy. Please pause now and do it. Once the five minutes are over, set the timer for another five minutes and read aloud the statements you made and come up with additional ones. Make sure you fill the five minutes completely. Okay, so how do you feel in your body after this experience? How are you feeling in your gut after these 10 minutes? What about your shoulders? How's your chest area doing? How would you say you're feeling emotionally? Now please go through the whole thing again, but this time set five minutes to write down every good, funny and grateful thing you can think of. Mix positive statements about yourself with statements about the world and other people. Again, set the timer for five minutes. Please pause the audiobook now and have a go. How was that? Now please read out the positive statements for five minutes. Pause the audiobook now. Okay, so how do you feel in your body after this experience? How are you feeling in your gut after these 10 minutes? What about your shoulders? How is your chest area doing? How would you say you're feeling emotionally? I'm of course not sure how your experience was, but I'm guessing that you felt differently between the negative and the positive round. Now, if five minutes can have such a big effect, imagine what 18 hours of thinking like this can do to you. Why did we just do this exercise? We're in the process of becoming more aware of what kind of thoughts are running through our mind all day. It's not enough to know that these kind of explanations and patterns run through our mind all day. By feeling the bodily impact, we become conscious of a process that happens all day long. If we become aware of how we use always and never, we're preparing ourselves to later be able to challenge or substitute those beliefs. The hurdle to overcome is the simple question, what's the point? After the initial excitement of embarking on a new program, you might start feeling a bit impatient. Maybe this is a bit too granular for your taste. Or you doubt that there's a point in these exercises. The inputs we discuss here are based on scientific research on optimism, depression and cognitive psychology. It's precisely by sweating the small stuff that we set something in motion inside of your brain that will allow you to truly see what is going on and make an informed choice about whether you want it to continue. Antidote. If we're not able to understand our thoughts in all their glory, boring and exciting parts, they will always rule us. The thought of having a couple of tiny brain cells behave like dictators, using the autopilot function to steer me full speed towards a destination I never approved of in the first place, makes no sense to me. Let's decide right now that we can postpone answering the question, what is the point, to today in two months. In fact, I encourage you to put a reminder in your phone two months from today, right now, and answer the following question. What was the point of examining brain patterns and trivial words like always and never? If something inside of you keeps asking, what's the point, or why don't we quit, 
tell it that those questions will be addressed on whatever date you set in your calendar. Now it's flashback time. What three good things did you write down? Where and at what time did you decide to implement the three good things daily habit? Did it work out for you in that setting or will you have to experiment with a different setting tonight? Please pause now and think about it for two minutes if you don't know the answer just yet. The habit tip of the day is to give yourself the permission to stop after three minutes. I call this low hurdling it. Often our biggest struggle is to get started. If you plan to do something for an hour each day, it's very easy to come up with excuses. Not so much if you're planning to do it for three minutes. Even if you're exhausted, you can do three minutes. Now you have to be strict about it. If you really need to stop, then stop. But only once the three minutes of focused effort went into whatever exercise you're trying to do. No guilt. Guilt makes us less likely to pursue something because our brain associates the activity with crappy guilt feelings. Let's not let brainwash or any other resolution you have be the victim of guilt. If, however, you got into the groove of doing this exercise, you can, of course, go on for longer than three minutes. Summary. Catch yourself in situations when you use the expression always or never. What does always happen according to your inner script? What does never happen? Today you experienced consciously and firsthand the implications of negative and positive inner dialogue. We address the inner nagging, what's the point, and similar feelings and what to do with them. We talked about low hurdling as a way to build consistency with habits you want to acquire. All right, I hope you didn't just enjoy it, but that you actually participated in this and tried it out in the real world because that's what it's about. And if you want to go all the way, all the 21 days to brainwash yourself good, you can go to gum.co slash brainwash, gum as in chewing gum, dot co slash brainwash. Now, regardless of whether you get it or not, I wish you all the best and I hope that you succeed in bringing some peace and quiet and joy into your skull-sized kingdom.